Welcome to Leading with Grit, a series about helping you inspire action and accountability with generosity, respect, integrity, and truth. Today's episode is made possible by Unlimited Coaching Solutions, coaching and training to help you get results through your people, making a positive impact on your organization's bottom line. And now, here are today's hosts, Todd Schnick and Lori Sudbrink. Good morning, and welcome back to our special edition series, Leading with Grit. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Lori Sunbrink. Lori, great to be with you again. Thanks, Todd. Great to be here. I thought we got off uh, off and running very solidly with episode one. I'm really looking forward to the rest of this series. Oh, likewise. I'm looking forward to talking about change today. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about the five steps of change. But before we go there, take a quick minute, remind us and give us an overview of, of the practice of living with grit. Why it's so important. Yeah. So leading with grit is so important because it allows us as individuals, whether we're in an informal or informal leadership role, to look inside and step up to be the kind of leader we have the potential to be. So looking at generosity, respect, integrity, and truth, but starting with truth and working our way back in a bit of a linear fashion, but they're very intertwined. We look at our truth and be able to align to it with integrity, respect ourselves and others will allow us to focus on the most important things and, and have the right ratio of generosity. Outstanding. Well, so let's talk about the change and the five steps of change. So when you, when I hear you talk about it, uh, you've explained that in order to change, you have to be aware of the choices. Yeah. That made me think a bit. I, I guess what you mean is there's a lot of people who don't realize that they can change. Yeah, that's that's it right there. It's we're not even aware that we have an option, that we can we can take a look at things and we can we can change. I mean, for example, we can change our, our attitude at any moment. And I remember the first time for me that I had this awareness. I was walking into work, it was very early on in my career, and I had been promoted, and I say that with uh, sarcasm because I had I had left the um, night shift working on the factory line with people mm. that were, you know, the cool kids at night and we're having fun and stuff. And I got promoted into the the office and I now had to uh, come in at 7 a.m. and I had to wear high heels and dress up. And I didn't realize at the time that I had these underlying thoughts and beliefs kind of driving my actions, but I was trudging into the receptionist area and I'll never forget it because I'm just trying to sneak past our really cheerful receptionist, Pat, and she whips her arm almost, or, or she just, you know, says, good morning, Lori, how are you this morning? And I said, oh my God, Pat, I'm having a bad day, you know, and I'm trying to get past her. And she whips her arm almost out of socket and says, oh, it's only 7 a.m., you mm -hmm. know, and I'm just like, oh, I'm about ready to choke her. <laughs> At that moment, I just had this awareness that I was choosing to be this way. And it was, it was really a gift. I mean, it didn't feel like it at the time, right. but it was, it was this empowerment because then I had a choice. I could make a change if I wanted to. It's not to say that I can change what just happened. You know, I had actually dropped stuff in a puddle. My umbrella went upside down, all of that. But I had the ability to make a choice and that's the power of it. We can change things, but we first have to be aware of things. And awareness comes with self-reflection. You know, being able to be aware of our emotions, for example, that's probably one of the, the best indicators that we have is to be able to, to pay attention to the way we're feeling. And that way, we, then we can hold the mirror up and look inside. What most of us do is 
We get irritated by that jerk that just cut us off in traffic mm-hmm. and we look outside instead of looking inside to go, all right. And then we have the ability to change something. So we have awareness helps us make the choice to change things that we can control. Awareness is the first step in the five steps of change. Before we go there, though, I want to ask you, because I'm a classic example of the type of individual that hated change. I'm very much an introvert. I don't like my environment to change. I'm, I like routine. And then I realized that that was a real negative for me in terms of advancement of my not only my career, but just enjoyment of life, frankly, and trying new things and, and doing new things. I want to say that there's still an awful lot of people who fear change and don't like it and don't, and they suffer because of it. Aren't we in, in the modern world, Lori, aren't we now where change, constant change is the new normal? There's nothing you can do about it now. It's just things are changing. You have to be on board. It's so true. And, you know, it's it's become cliche. The only thing that's constant is change, right. but it's so true. And change is happening at such a rapid pace as well that we have to learn to not only roll with the change, but decide where we want things to change and be kind of own, you know, where where the direction of the change, especially in a leadership role. But quite frankly, in our own personal lives as well, because like we said in episode one, you are leading yourself. It's self-leadership. And you said it, Todd, you know, that that dreaded four-letter F word, fear. Fear is really the culprit. And it, it shows its head in, in different ways, but it all boils down to that. So whether you're uncomfortable with change, it, that's what's stopping us. And we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable too. And that's part of the self-awareness and self-reflection piece because it's normal. You know, change is going to feel different. You know, and a lot of times people, they resist change because they don't know what's going to happen. So it's fear of the unknown and realizing that if we take the time to kind of trust in the process and trust that things are going to be okay, it'll set us at ease with change as well. So change is an important concept in this because a leader's role one of their, their biggest roles is to get a group of people to accept change. Oh, it's one thing, and there's a lot of people that still don't do this very well. It's one thing to roll with change. But I think those that we're reading books about, that we're reading magazine articles about, that we're seeing films made about, are the ones that are driving change, right? And so, all right, well, what's, uh, you've created a model called the five steps of change, which will help us all do that. So let's get into that. Walk us through the actual five-step model. Yeah. So the five steps of change is just that. It's like it's helping either you can look at yourself and say, how can I accept change or drive change? And you could also use the model to help other people. So I'm just going to walk you through it as far as us using it ourselves, because especially with the grit concepts we talked about in episode one and the beginning of this episode here, we want to be able to change in some ways. So this will apply specifically to that. And the first step is awareness. And we talked a little bit about that, but self-awareness, it's tricky because what we tend to do as human beings is we'll judge ourselves when we become self-aware. So it's important to, I like to have fun with it and say, stalk myself. So I'll stalk myself but just kind of lighten up about it and go, oh, look at what I did there. Oh, geez, you know, and not go into this, uh, oh, I'm such an idiot and, and, and like, you know, beating yourself up over some things that you see about yourself. Because if you think of the five steps of change as actual steps going up, if you start to beat yourself up at that first level, you're just going to drop back down. You're never going to make the successful change. So just being able to go, okay, is what it is. What am I going to do about it? Why would I want to change? We've got to move forward with it. But be able to look at ourselves objectively is that first step awareness. The second step is the the five steps of change is desire. 
So it's really, that's the why. Why is this important to you? So first you're aware, okay, you know, I need to make some change. Let's just use a personal example that almost everybody can relate to. Maybe it's weight. You know, maybe I'm aware that I'm overweight. I gained some weight. Maybe that came in not being able to fit into my clothes or maybe somebody made a comment. Important for me to just stay objective about it. Go, okay, it is what it is. The next step, desire is why would I want to change? Now, at this point, if I say, I don't want to change, then it's over. It's done. done. You you don't, you know, but if I do want to change, I really have to know the why for me, because we all know that when somebody else tries to get us to change for their reasons, you know, we might do it for a little while, but it doesn't last. And in fact, diets, quitting smoking, all kinds of changes people try to make, they, it doesn't last because not only is it somebody else's idea, but even when when it's our own idea, we don't really get to the root of the why and think about our own thoughts and beliefs around things. So we've got to shift there. We've got to see why it's important. So, you know, it might be for health reasons. It might be for, you know, just being to socialize better or you know, whatever that reason is for you. And that can differ, but make sure you understand your why and then go to the how. So how am I going to make this change? Because those are very connected and related in how you're going to make that change. So there's lots of different ways to make change. Example for, you know, dieting, losing weight, exercise, all that kind of stuff. There's just so many sources that we've got to know ourselves well enough and know our why so that we can figure out a way that's going to make a lifestyle change, not just a a short-lived change. So Figure out the how. The how might be um, you get a coach. The how might be you, you, you Google it. I don't know what we did, BG. You know? yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you, there's lots of different ways to find the how. And then once we find the how, it's taking the action step four. Now, this is where I find that most people will get tripped up. You know, we go to a class, we read a book, we hear all these great ideas, and then we don't do anything with it. One of the reasons why we don't do anything with it is we're creatures of habit. We just don't, we're not mindful enough to put it into practice. But a bigger, deeper reason is back to that fear. There's fear involved there in changing something and actually putting action to it. So putting yourself out there and, you know, being vulnerable in that way is scary to people. They might think, you know, their thoughts and beliefs might be, I'm not going to make it. It's not going to be successful or whatever, you know, that's holding them back. So we've got to just take some action toward it because once we get that momentum going, then we see, oh, it's okay. And so maybe even chunking it into smaller steps so that we can make it happen. So for example, I'll go to the uh, gained a little weight. Instead of just doing a radical change of action, I might decide I'm going to start adding in healthy things so that I don't have room for unhealthy things. I'm not going to worry about taking anything out right now. I'm just going to add in some good, positive, healthy foods. For me, that works better because I don't like people taking things away from me. <laughs> so we give, just an example of we've got to figure out you know, what makes sense for us and take action on it in a way that supports who we are. Once we take action, we have to realize that that last step is perseverance and... <laughs> Okay, you know, we're going to fall off. We're going to, I'm going to go out of town. I'm going to end up, you know, eating things that, you know, not eating enough of the healthy things. I've got to put things in place that will support that perseverance. So maybe I need reminders um, set on my calendar or my tasks. Maybe I need to make sure that I'm going and, and shopping ahead and getting all of that food ahead of time. Whatever it takes to make sure that we stay on track. But as soon as we're aware that we're off track, we loop back around and go, okay. 
don't beat ourselves up. Don't say, oh, I, should, I can't believe I you know, did mm-hmm. this. It's like, all right, what do I want to do? And why do I want to do that? And staying pretty objective with that. But five steps of change are guaranteed to work. It's just a matter of we've got to take the steps you know, and, and stay committed to that. All right. Lori and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. In today's workplace, business leaders face significant pressure to recruit and retain the best employees, to effectively build a team, to create a culture that is healthy, productive, and dynamic, and to empower their staff in managing stress and finding balance. And behind all those pressures is one goal, to strengthen and grow the business. And too many organizations struggle with this. Unlimited Coaching Solutions provides customized strategies and training to help reach your goals and take your teams to the next level. Call them today at 585-248-9322 or find them online at unlimitedcoaching.com. All right, Todd Schnick back with Lori Sudbrink. All right, we're talking about the five steps of change. So I asked you this question uh, at the introductory episode, can you look at the grit model and remove a step? And I've been, as you were going through uh, the five steps uh, before the break, I was thinking, is there a step here that I could remove? And as I was thinking, uh, there isn't one. Now, you may go into it and have immediate access to knowledge. Right. Right. So, I mean, there's obviously steps maybe are less complicated, but I don't think you can remove a step from this model either. You really can't. And you're right, Todd, that a lot of people do end up in that that step three, the, the knowledge. I know how to do this. And they start doing it without really understanding their why and what's in it for them. And that's why change doesn't last. Yeah, you can't reorder the steps either. Yeah, no. And I, now you'll loop around a little bit, of course, but you're definitely you know working up those steps so that you're you're persevering. I can think about, Lori, how this five-step model applies to me when I want to affect change, say, on losing weight or something that I care about personally. And you addressed this at the top half of the show, and I want to go into it a little bit more further. I think this is a critical discussion, is when leaders have to affect change in their organization. It's a whole different animal, but I think the model still very much applies. And I can envision how many times, how many in my career, well, and frankly, when Mrs. Schnick tried to get change, and <laughs> when I was made aware of the desired change, but I didn't really have the desire to do it, and thus it never really worked. I mean, so that's is that the hardest step on a leader affecting change within him, his or her organization? It definitely is, Todd. You know, we need to be able to grow and change ourselves, but our major role is to help other people to accept that change as quickly as possible without any, you know, collateral damage too. So it's a delicate process sometimes getting people to accept that change and kind of run with that change. You know, it's really about being able to, you know, at an individual level, leaders need to be able to look at themselves, but they also need to be able to look at other people every day with new eyes and 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 see the potential for change too. So, and we need to teach other people that as well so that they believe that they can change. And that's, you know, we'll look at the five steps of change in this in just a moment because it definitely does apply to leading people and leading teams with that. But this topic has been in the workplace for quite a while now, just, you know, helping people with change and leading change. And in fact, Jack Welch, back in his GE days, came up with a change equation. And it's a very simple way of looking at how to get a successful change initiative. So think about effectiveness and think about an equation. So just think about if you want to get effectiveness, we're going to do a a multiplication equation here. So we're going to start with a Q. 
And the Q is going to stand for the quality of whatever the changes that you're trying to make. So we can say it's a technology change, it's a merger, it's an acquisition. You know, what are we doing from an organizational standpoint? What kind of change are we looking at? So that's the Q times the A. And as you can imagine, the A is acceptance. So the effectiveness of any change is always the quality of the change itself times multiplied by people's acceptance of that. And you can already tell in your mind Mm -hmm. that if that acceptance is low, it doesn't matter how good that change is. If you put numbers to it, say you assign a one to 10, then you have something that's maybe an eight or a nine. It's a really good new accounting system or software system, but yet you have people at a three or a four for acceptance for whatever reason. There's silos going on. There's egos involved. It wasn't my idea. They haven't embraced that then they're putting the brakes on. And what could have been a really successful, efficient, and effective, high-quality change ends up getting you know, roadblocked or at the very least, you've spent way too much money and taken way too much time to get this thing implemented. So looking at it in that way and, and looking at the five steps of change, that helps us not only lead ourselves to change, but to other people too. So first of all, we have to have an awareness of what is the real situation here? What's going on with people? Where are their emotions about it? Who's resisting? Be mindful of who are your early adopters, you know, and looking at your whole landscape. And then you're looking at the desire stage for your team. And then what's in it for me might be a little different for each person. We have to know our teams and be able to talk their language hmm, to we inspire. We talk about that later in the yeah, series, aren't definitely. We? <laughs> so we have to be able to talk their language so we can inspire them in a way that really is their what's in it for them, their desire, not just for the company. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that we make. And then we have to help them with how to do it. You know, how can we do this and and get them involved in the how as well? Because again, it's the how is going to look a little different depending on who they are, what personality style they are, all of those things, and then help them put it to action. So we've got a change initiative coming up. Let's create a project vision for this and let's align our high payoff activities toward that vision so that each one of us is aligned and we know the action that we have to take. And then the perseverance comes in where we're putting checkpoints in place. We're making sure that people are set up for success so we can help them stay on track and accountability and and all those pieces come in that piece. Yeah, well, it was just eye-opening for me as I was thinking about this. And we're a leader. I'm not, we're not just talking as CEO of an organization. We're talking about leaders of teams. We're talking about directors of divisions, what have you. It's, I think where most fail is that they just try to make people aware, all right, change is going to happen, go. Yeah. And it can happen that way. I mean, the desire, we talked about that. But the leader has to either provide the knowledge or equip them with the time and the ability to acquire that knowledge. I think they have to empower the people to give them to allow them to take action. Don't don't instruct change and then tie their hands behind their back. And then I think they have a role to play in perseverance too, right? And helping kind of keep things motivated. Absolutely, Todd. They have to make sure that they're clearing the roadblocks, that they're making sure there's things set up in place to make it as easy as possible for people. It reminds me of the concept of servant leadership mm-hmm. at this point, you know, and that dates back in 530 BC with Lao Tzu. So it's such an old concept, but we've, in the training world, probably Ken Blanchard is the most famous Mm -hmm. for using this and and just helping people to understand that our role is just that, is to serve people in a way that helps them, empowers them to be able to get the stuff done. So we're doing whatever it takes at that action and perseverance stage 
to make sure that they can be successful. And that includes celebrating the wins and making mm-hmm. sure we're focused on all of the achievements that we're making and, and continue to build people's confidence and, and self-esteem. All right. Well, I'm ready to embrace these five steps because Lord knows I have a lot of change I need to make with both my personal life and my career. I'm very excited about it. This is a really workable, easily understood and applicable model. So I'm very excited with you bringing this to our attention. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, Lori, before I let you go. Should anyone have any questions on Leading with Grit in the whole series, how can they contact you and learn more? Definitely visit our website, www.leadingwithgrit.com. You can sign up for free tips, weekly tips. You can contact me there and get a lot of information about Leading with Grit. All right. On behalf of my co-host, Lori Sudbrink, I am Todd Schnick. Join us next week on Leading with Grit when we discuss truth. It's probably the most important episode in the series. Until then, Todd and Lori signing off. We'll see you next week.